Each flavor. That's freaking awesome. Shh, 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 shh. Easy, Zach. You had me at pie. I got really uncomfortable I, in I, here. I, all I of felt that, Zach. Ooh, I felt that. Hang on a second. Uh, I'm, I'm getting the vapors. <laughs> Make me a vapors. Yeah, I'm saying the same thing, man. Oh, man, yeah. Um, uh, okay. Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the hosts joining me this evening are Troy Sandlin and Tron Christian. Hello, How are hello, you hello. Hello, hello, hello. Well, uh, I am itching to talk about uh, all the news that we have on the list today. We have three articles. Um, this is going to be our dessert course, as usual. We eat our dessert first here on the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, and then we'll get into our uh, main course after a bit uh bear with us as we continue to sort out our uh new format and uh with its goal being of course that we're trying to get the news to be more current more up to date and uh so the kind of trade-off of that is that we have to learn a new thing uh, new things old dogs new tricks mm-hmm. that's right mostly that's right. old mm-hmm. uh mostly dog yeah mostly dogs old dogs <laughs> <laughs> we've all we've all claimed our our portion of that apparently. That's right. Yes. Um, so this week we have two kickstarters, and then we're going to do a. John is going to walk us through a deep dive on the uh, Dungeons and Dragons movie that's upcoming. I feel, I, I feel like it's a very deep dive in a, in a rather shallow pool. Yeah. 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 You would be surprised as to how bit. much there's how much has been revealed so far. You'd be surprised. I, but there's how, a lot of actors. Yeah. But you again, will be surprised. You how are nice going, is that it's, pool? Uh, I'm, I'm just worried about it. I'm just worried about it. it could there be, it are could some be in here that I'm. There are some in here that I'm actually really excited. Like one, in, or yeah. two or three in particular that I'm really excited about. Yeah, it's yeah. it's well, an interesting. Act, is it going to be? It, does that mean awesome it's going to be actors. good? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, does that mean it's going to be good? Tied no. to very crappy movies before. Yo, I, I've been yeah. burned before. Okay, oh, yeah. I mean, like Dragonlance cartoon movie. I'm looking at you, Kiefer <laughs> Sutherland, Michael Rosenbaum. They had really great. Anyway, nope, nope. Don't do that. <laughs> well, well, nope, yeah. nope. <laughs> Can't go down that. We have to talk about news today. Let's That's, let's let's, yeah. let's talk. Well, that is part of our news. Let's just let's just kill that bird right now. Um, kill it. Talk to kill us, John. It. What's it about? What do we know? Okay, so we don't know con- like we don't know the the story yet, but we know the actors that are going to be in it, and we at least know who the villain, which actor is going to be the villain so far. Mm. So the first one that out out the gate that came up was Chris Pine, uh, who from Star Trek, Wonder Woman, uh, yep. eighty four. Everybody should know who Chris Pine is. Uh, then we've got Michelle Rodriguez mm-hmm. from uh, the Fast and Furious uh, film franchise and Lost. It was like it was the first time I ever saw her was in Lost. Uh, or Girl Fight was the first time I ever saw her. Oh. Uh, uh, let's see who else. We got uh, Reg, uh, I think it's Reg Jean Page. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's from the, the show Bridgerton. The TV series okay. pretty good. Otherwise, he's not in like a lot of stuff here in the states that would be really that was is really well known. Yeah, but he kind but, of made a big break with uh, Bridgerton in a way that yeah. he's become very familiar uh, yep. as a as an actor at this point. So, yep. 
And then you got Justice Smith, who was the lead in the Detective Pikachu movie. Oh, uh, he's been right. in a couple of other things too, outside of that. Um, quite, that's his quite the pedigree there. <laughs> yeah, quite. The one that I I, I got to be honest, the one that I'm actually the one that's got me the most excited about it is like because I like her as an actress, and I w- I would like to see her because the stuff that she's been in, she's been a standout in it. Is uh, Sophia Lillis? She was Beverly in the It movie. Uh, one of the young, the young oh, version of them. Yeah, she was also in like an Nancy Drew movie and a couple of other things. There's like a movie on Netflix that she was in that my my girls and I watched. She's she's really good, very very talented, and uh, I I hope it works out for her and it's another breakout role for her. Right. Uh, the other part of this is the uh, is the villain. They've they've found their villain and it is Hugh oh. Grant is going to be portraying their villain. Which Troy and I had a conversation about that right before this, where I was like, "That's pretty good for the pedigree, I think, of the the film." And he goes, "Yeah, if it was the nineties." <laughs> so, but I mean, he's not he's not completely out of the 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 mind's eye of the public, but he certainly doesn't have the same like stage clout that he well, did. But what I'm what I'm worried about is when I hear Hugh Grant, the first thing I think of is rom coms. Mm-hmm. I'm not picturing. Uh, fantastical uh, fantasy and and sci-fi and action or villainy even but hey, from him. He was in Paddington too. I I, I don't understand I... how you can make that leap <laughs> when needed. <laughs> you can make the leap with Paddington. Okay, well that's all we needed. That's all we needed. There's okay. There, so there it is. Paddington. So okay. So Hugh Hugh Grant is is our villain. Is what it looks like. I don't know what that means now. Here's the way I look at things, though. When it comes to movies, I'm not. A, I wouldn't say that I'm like a super cinephile, but um, uh, directors really make the difference. You, if you have a middling to mediocre actor slash actress, um, a director can make them shine in the story. Look at uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's he's a great action star, but he's a mediocre actor, right? And uh, I, I'm sure I can hear arguments to the contrary to that. But uh, Terminator 2, really True Lies, is where he shined. And it was it was direction that made him shine. And the story, right? So the actors can be, you know, it's, they're modular. So, so let's talk about the directors for a second. The directors are actually writing the movie also. And it's uh, Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis, uh, I think it's Daly or Daly. 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 John Daly. Francis Daly, yeah. yeah. John Francis Daly, I remember him from Freaks and Geeks, one of my favorite shows of all time. And uh, he was the the little brother in the, in that series and is apparently a really big D&D fan, which is nice. Um, but the only problem is they've got the only direction and writing credits of note that they've got are the reboot, not reboot, the um, updated vacation movie, uh, and then Game Night. That's it. But I mean, there's other stuff that they've got in there, but that's the stuff that's like notable that that made it into the in the public sphere. That no blockbusters, no action, explosions, dragons breathing fire on people, no. faces melting, nothing like that at all. So that is that's going to be really interesting to see. So. Go ahead. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, well, I'm. I. I. Who do you think Hugh Grant is playing? That's uh, what I'm trying to like, figure Because like, like the directors, I think, I think is a. They have like, like I agree that I think there's some interest there, 
But to me, I think that the real validity of this movie comes in what the story is mm-hmm. and what they present, right? Like the like I, I I hear you, John, as far as like looking at those. Typically, I look at those, but these guys, I feel like, are just like question marks, right? Like, what mm-hmm. movie can they make? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, what it's, movie should they make? I think we all know what they should make in some form or fashion, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it should be something iconic. It should be something that you can recognize as coming out of D&D and not generic in its presentation, right? Mm-hmm. We've already had that. Yeah, right. Three times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, I, well, I have looking at, again, looking at maybe, their... Yeah. Go look go ahead, at, looking go at the, what they've directed so far, what concerns yeah. me is not even like a lack of explosions or sword fighting or anything like that, right? Let's move that away. They're, they're comedic writers and they are comedic directors. So there's mm. a, there is okay. a worry that they're going to go the, they're going to take a hard left and go into the camp and silly route, which I mean, I don't know. Maybe it'll work. What I'm not going to it do is spend the entire, like, yeah, well, it didn't. Well, I don't know if it was camp or if it was just, just did not. It was completely co- incohesive. Yeah. Well, um, the only yeah, thing I ha- have to say about you know their comedic writers or whatever, who who here would have predicted uh, Jordan Peele writing one of oh, the man. most phenomenal horror movies I have ever seen in my life right was right Get on. Out. Yeah, with it. Yeah. It made it, me. It made me feel things. You know. Well, just like, I'm, what is look going at look on? at look at the well. You know what? Look, I'm with you. Look at the Russos. The Russo brothers came out of the community TV series, and they did the last two Avengers movies, which well, were really, really at, good. Look at old PJ. You know, he was writing interesting movies before Lord of the Rings, but did we ever imagine that he had that sort of epic caliber? Mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't. Um, right. Like, so th- there's definitely room for that, and I kind of like that they didn't grab like Ron Howard, right? Oh, right. Ron Howard makes yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Like. Okay, we know exactly what we're gonna get, right? Like <laughs> that being said, I think Hugh Grant is gonna be a dragon. Okay, okay. If, if we're gonna go that. that route, I'm or a beholder. No, I think it's gonna be a dragon. I think if you have a movie called Dungeons and Dragons and you have to, have, you do have to have a dragon, have but a dragon. you also, I want a beholder too. But it's either that, either he has to be the voice of of something, yeah, or he has to be the evil king, or he's Strahd. Or something like or that. Or a wizard. Or a wizard. Because we, we've had, right. if you think about iconic, I think it either has to be a dragon or it has to be a named villain that we're all going to recognize. And we just got a revamp of of uh, Ravenloft but, or of, of Curse of Strahd. And then we got, we're getting a setting book of, of uh, Ravenloft. So there's a part of me that's like, eh. No, hey, look, I love Ravenloft. I love Gothic Horror. But if they, they need, at some point or another, they're going to have to stop beating that undead horse. I hear you. Fair. I'm just saying, like, I think that if I was looking at Hugh Grant and who he could play that's, like, an iconic villain in D&D, I think it's either Strahd or a dragon. Mm-hmm. I'm with you there, because I would rather see something like that than the whole uh, Raul Julia as M. Bison again. Oh, that was so sad. Type type thing. You know, don't don't yeah. put... Rest don't in peace. Put, don't, yeah, rest in peace. Don't, don't put rest Hugh Grant in a muscle suit. No, <laughs> the muscle like, suit, yeah, <laughs> like the that, weird out, yeah. the weird owl muscle suit from uh from UHF or, or so. uh, Vinnie Jones as a juggernaut. No, thank you. Mm, boy, no, no, oh boy, no oh please boy. don't. Co- yeah, complete with pop culture references. 
that break yeah. the fourth wall. Yeah. Mm. I mean, look, I, I think that there is uh, the jury's still out. Who knows? It may end up being I, phenomenal, amazing. Oh. I'm not, I'm not, nothing that I'm saying today is so concerning to me, at least, that I'm terrified of what they're going to produce. Sure. That you have been burned before. That's all. And but the to me though they've got a really really great opportunity here because there's not only the movie but they're also working on a series like a long form series mm-hmm. in parallel with all of this they've got a really good opportunity to create a franchise like they would with Star Wars or- well and they have like yeah they have so many examples to look mm-hmm. at and cheat from it's like oh we could do you know Game of Thrones uh, Star Wars the Avengers mm-hmm. or the you know the Marvel Universe all that stuff stay away from DC. Um, don't Some take DC, any, don't take any on, notes the, from on DC the TV moves. show is actually really good. Like this thing, the Swamp Thing uh, TV show the, that the DC TV early. stuff is great. Yeah, anything that it's hits the big screen is rough. Yeah, it's highly yeah. highly questionable. Except for Wonder Woman, for for whatever reason, they do well with her. Everything else is just hot, stinky <laughs> garbage. Okay, so the only thing that concerns me so far, like real concern. Is that there? There is uh, in one of the articles. It says that they heard from the the two directors slash writers that they are taking a quote unquote subversive approach to the game when it comes to writing for it and doing the movie. Subversive, and you know how I feel about fandoms and being they, subversive. They fall into it's it's players that fall into the world. <laughs> <laughs> and you know they become, what? They must inhabit the characters. That's it. That's it. Hugh Grant is is Venger. Oh my God! Ugh. We're, we're <laughs> going to get a movie adaptation. You, you've heard it here. It's confirmed. Along with Spelljammer, uh, we are getting a movie update of the '80s D and D cartoon. Yep. I heard Vin go. Diesel is going to be the voice of Uni. That's what I heard. Mm. Amazing, so, amazing I'm casting. S- perfect casting, yeah. right? Perfect casting. Perfect Where's casting right there. Yeah. I am uni. Yep. Yeah. I am uni. <laughs> Chris Chris Pine is gonna be Hank. Hmm. Yep. You could you could probably do it with the, the, the cast they've got. You could do something like that. Don't, but that's great. <laughs> don't. Don't don't. <laughs> Please don't. Listen, yeah. <laughs> all you Hollywood executives out there that are listening to our podcast right now, which are Legion, I'm sure. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. And if you and if you are going to do that, cast us in it as well, because it can't get much worse. I can be a dwarf. (laughs) I I, I could do that. I that's what I'm saying. Very little makeup, right? No CG whatsoever. Just stand me next to somebody. I will look like a dwarf. (laughs) I'll I'll shave and give me a blonde wig, and I can. I'll be. I'll be uh, Bobby. (laughs) Okay. All right. Right. Cool. 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 All right. I think I can pull off um, twelve. I John, think I have a better chance of being a Goliath. To, <laughs> no. Is there anything that we need to run through on this still? <laughs> no, I think I think that's, I think that we backed give, up uh, the truck a couple of times. I told I you that. that there was plenty to talk about in that. So. There is. But we'll keep we'll keep our ear to the ground. I didn't mean that there wasn't plenty to talk about. <laughs> I just meant the, the pool is still very shallow. It's very shallow. Yep, that's all I got. All right. Um, let's go through these others in order. We got two Kickstarters to talk to you about. Um, there has been a dearth of non-Zine Quest. 5e kickstarters uh so much so that we're not gonna i I, we can't talk about all of them um but there's one that i thought was really unique and i'm really intrigued by is called um lore of aethera the lost druid and it's a 5e adventure 
um, set in the original science fantasy world of Athera. Uh, this looks uh, on par with some of the most like gorgeous, interesting um, artwork and presentation uh, that I've seen in a in a five E product on Kickstarter. Um, the the interior looks really nice, but like the cover and just this art style in general, just like is very evocative to me, and I am really intrigued to uh, to find out what it's like. There's a forty page adventure preview up on the Kickstarter. Um, that's really nice and and gives you a good feel for it. Um, and just the book itself is really great. There's also a um, you can get it. Uh, not just for 5e, but also for the alchemy RPG system. Um, they've got the uh, two hour a two hour score that comes with it to run in the background. Oh wow! Um, yeah, it's just interesting. The artwork is amazing, right? It's just uh, uh, it's got pregens, which I'm really starting to get sold on. Um, the the contents say that it's going to be over 200 pages of books of, of uh, 200 pages of the books and three in-game lore books are included there'll be 15 new stat blocks uh, five new uh pregens uh some maps i don't know i just i don't know talk too much about it but the uh the presentation of it is almost second to none no, I, I, I it looks, look. Yeah. It, it looks like they have they pulled out all the stops, and they really, really believe in what they're trying to put together. You can tell they've invested a lot into it. And to your point about the artwork, just the the front cover alone, that is beautiful. It's really, really. It's just evocative. The it's interesting the color, the palette that they chose, and it, like every piece of artwork that's in here is. It's a good. It was the right decision to put it as a part of their kick, Kickstarter campaign because it, um, it speaks to the quality of what's inside of the pages. You know, if you're doing artwork's great, story's great, page count's great. But whenever you're doing things like, the only thing I worry about that is like how how stretched thin it might end up being by going. But because I I don't know, Zach, you tell me. Do we know what the their um, previous projects look like? Is this something that they've done a lot of, or yeah, that's a good first question. one. This is their first yeah, one, I think. I think it's their first one. Um, now it is right. presented by Alchemy RPG, mm-hmm. which is this app. So it's promoting, it's promoting an app, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, by by putting out an RPG, uh, a module for that app, right? I've got um, you. Okay. The app is designed around, or the RPG. Uh, the Alchemy RPG is designed around an app that uses theater of the mind as its core principle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you like your character sheet and the feel and everything are digital, but you're not playing on a digital board. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Okay. No, I gotcha. Uh, there's not a VTT aspect to it. It's just uh, for reference of your character sheet and the 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 visuals of the of Alchemy RPG look amazing too. So. Um, the fact that they got all that done to me says that they could probably do a book like this. And they say that they're three quarters of the way finished with the writing. So um, well, I hope so. Cause it's coming out in October, October. Yeah. 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 It's, right. it's pushing it. So they've got a, 
Looks like on the, on staff they got a screenwriter, a seasoned dungeon master, and a user experience designer. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, um, the book is also like freaking like a. So it says uh, the hardcover book, two hundred page hardcover book, has a soft touch laminate cover, which is great. Gold mm-hmm. foil inlay and a ribbon bookmark. Um, silk coated paper. Um, so it's like they're trying to make something of quality, and I I always appreciate that. Wow. No, that's it's great. But so, again, if it, with it being such a neophyte group that maybe that's working on it, there's just a lot. There's a lot that's in there. It's very very dense, and their pledge goal is only twelve thousand dollars for all yeah. of that. They're trying to get all that done. So I wonder if they're just trying to get over the hump financially, or they're just trying to create awareness, or see or see if people are going to buy. I, don't know, it. But, I mean, the fact that you get that kind of a book with the the soft touch and the and the gold foil inlay, blah blah blah, and the pledge is fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To get that, yeah. You yeah. said the page count was two hundred. Two hundred. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yep. Anyhow, uh, they are they are uh, almost approaching their funding. It just launched, so they should they should easily hit their funding goal. Um, and uh, good luck and Godspeed to them as they do so. Looks amazing. It does look amazing. Probably cost me some more money today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then, uh, Troy, why don't you cost us some money? Talk to us about All right. Yours. This is – I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. This just came across my my notice uh, mm-hmm. in the last day or two. Um, and it, it, it harkens me back to uh, first edition Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. And this is The Survivalist's Guide to Spelunking for fifth edition. Mm-hmm. And the tie – to first edition is they've got Douglas Niles working on this project with them. He wrote the original Dungeoneer Survival Guide, one of my favorite books as a kid. Um, they've got him on bo- on board to help, and uh, it's it's kind of odd because we talked to uh, someone during Zine Quest about their rules for getting in those mm-hmm. low places and the nooks and crannies and whatnot with low life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this does that and more. Um, and, and John is probably uh, a little excited because Douglas Niles was also one of the co-creators of the Dragonlance. Yes, he setting. was. Don't think I didn't think about that, brother. When I yeah, saw I his kinda, name come up. I kind of I kind of figured. So, yeah, he's heavily involved in this. Um, and just let me, let me read you the blurb. The Definitive Guide to Underworld Survival. This tome contains the collected wisdom of legendary dwarven delver Dugmore Dumple. Dugmore takes you through crystalline caverns, fungal jungles, and maze-like passages of his home beneath the surface. <laughs> fungal Even jungle. Fungal jungle Sorry. with Dugmore Dumple. It sounds like a I weird TV show. Dumple is a great last name. Dumple is a great last name. So good. Uh, it, th- this book will take you even to the, to the upper regions of hell itself. Survival in the underworld is no mean feat. But this massive tome contains all you need to exist and endure, nay, prosper, in and profit from the lightless realms below. Doug Moore's sage advice, carefully balanced by seasoned traveler and guide, Finn Starling, provides all the tools you require to enhance your experience while exploring the fabled caverns and tunnels below the surface. And they've got different cave types, climbing tools, rule and rules, uh, how to design and map and, and even run 3D dungeons uh, in your games. 
how to do momentum in chases, uh, spell casting, combat maneuvers, foraging, streamlined, streamlined tracking of supplies. That can be used in almost any mm. game. Mm. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. And Doug Mordumple is going to be a comic strip character <laughs> to help explain and, and walk you through uh, all of the different stuff with this game. And the mm. artwork, it pulls you right back to first edition. It's black and white. So far, all that I've seen is just black and white artwork for the interior stuff. But it's that high quality, uh, very evocative, very adventurous and fantastical and whimsical art style of those first edition AD&D books. Mm. Um, it so, just looks like it's going to be so much fun. So I'll, I'll, I want to throw out a comment here on this one. Uh, this is put out by AAW Games. Mm-hmm. I have backed one, two, three of their projects in the past. Um, all of them have been delivered. They also did the Rise of a Drow book, which our friend Thomas is in love with. Um, a couple of things I would note um, about AAW for people who haven't bought their stuff before. First off, um, they deliver. So if you're worried about Kickstarters and you want a track record, AAW has a track record that you can you can get behind. Um, what I will say about AEW, just as a as a note, is um, this book looks different, but a lot of their other previous books, they will pull art from a lot of different places, and uh, not all of it will be original, and some of it will be of various styles and things. Rise of the Drow does this a lot, um, where you don't know exactly what you're going to get from piece to piece and section to section. Um, hmm. So as a as a note, I'm not always the biggest fan of the design elements of AAW, but they're really nice uh, as as far as finishing and the content's good. It just doesn't always present as the best. That being said, they look like they have a new style system for the Spelunking book. Um, a lot of black and white art, which I really like. A lot of uh, cool sketches that I think are evocative. Um, I will almost certainly back this book because I like their other stuff by and large, um, and I like what they're presenting here. But if you're a person who, like, the visuals of the book is the thing that you buy the book for, and, like, the beauty of the presentation, that would be my only word of caution with this book, because they don't have the perfect track record there. But mm. they still probably got my money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about content, right, more than anything else. Unless the if the design somehow detracts from the the content or makes it difficult to consume it right uh it's hard for me to turn down a book on this the, the, whose source material is about underground survival whenever douglas niles wrote it because yeah. du douglas niles wrote one of my favorite source books for Dragonlance, uh which was the dwarven kingdoms of kryn all the little secrets and stuff about about dwarves, and I remember that distinctly. Uh, that he went into a lot of detail about, like that, how the their cavern complexes were created and their architecture and things like that. And it was just really, really good. And it, from a source book material, it was dense and it was top notch. And I used it repeatedly in my campaigns. So, and I, I still have a copy of it today. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. the the, the it's got the makings, at least content-wise, of 
of being a really, really great project. So once again, uh, you people cost me money and I do not appreciate it. And <laughs> oh, at the same time I do. So and yeah. then, then it, and this is the, the payout on this is actually this year too. So they're looking at a delivery date of July, which is actually pretty, pretty quick. quick. That, this yeah. book is a pretty quick turnaround. That's the only way that this sucker yep. is, yep. is it's already at the printer. That's the only way that this is getting turned around. And with AAW it probably is right. Like yeah, good for them. Uh, and that's, that's great. That's, you can get the. It looks like you can also get like the book for thirty nine bucks, which is, um, pretty stinking reasonable. So. Yeah, no kidding. How many pages did we did they say in that they were putting in in this one? I didn't. Twenty nine actually see twenty nine bucks. Um. Yeah. The, yeah. The hardcover. The hardcover is twenty nine, and then if I think it's the like there's a. Goals, yeah. Yeah. If you want all the stretch rules, you go for thirty nine. That's yep. pretty good, and of course they're pro- they're probably keeping it low if they're doing black and white interior. Oh yeah, right. That's gonna that's gonna but, help keep that. But cost that does down. not detract at all from I don't think so. This book. No, no. The well, the the artwork. If the artwork that they're using is the original artwork that's actually going to be in print, it feels AD and D. It so does. It, it, it feels so does. very AD and D, which is really really cool. So if you're looking for an old school vibe, with it without it looking kind of like crummy, mm-hmm. it's it's there. It's there. It's it, it the the best version of of AD and D art. So the better versions, I should say, of the of AD and D black and white art that's out there is what this is going to end up looking like. Yeah. 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 As of this recording, there's 28 days left, and they are at just a little over seven thousand dollars of their almost twelve thousand dollar goal. So, mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. I'm very very confident that this is going to fund and hit a few stretch goals and be really cool and i'm sure players are absolutely going to hate some of the rules in this book which if you're a dm like what we are even more reason to go out and buy this thing (laughs) what i'm hoping that it's going to be let's let's talk about that just for a second before we move on what i'm really hoping this is going to be by the way it's 208 pages is what they're saying Uh, hardcover 208 pages color cover black and white interior Etc. Etc. Uh, what I'm really hoping this is going to end up being is a comprehensive guide on just being underground and not mm-hmm. me. I, I like I like atmosphere and immersion and being able to pull my players in. What I really like is I'd like uh, some detail on making that immersive experience easier to to project by having this information on hand whenever you're putting things together in the first place. You know, I don't. I don't know what that's going to end up looking like. If, we're, if they're going to go into like, you know, like geological features based on water runoff and blah 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 blah, or uh, seismic. I don't know how. I don't know how detailed they're going to end up going. But yeah, like yeah. the sights and the smells, the sounds, the things that end up underground. That would be really cool if, if they uh, if they dug dug that deep into it. Pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would I would think that it's going to be pretty close to that. I mean, like I said, they've got the taxonomy of caves. Of, the, of cave types, mining minerals and exotic ores, uh, foraging, different hazards, expanded light and darkness. Mm. So that's that's interesting in and of itself is expanded light. Uh, a breath engine for exploration of flooded caverns or spore-choked jungles, you know, fungal jungles. Oh, fungal jungle. So yeah. good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Interesting. Oh yeah. All yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm clicking. I'm clicking submit. It's happening. Like right now, we're doing this. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're doing it live. We're doing it live. <laughs> we're spending money live. That's 
Yeah. And you're hearing <laughs> All right. Well, that was, whew, we had actually, we had some good discussion on those news articles. That yeah, was great. Um, yeah, we did. There, I'm, uh, there is one more thing I would like to talk about. Oh, okay. <gasps> surprise. It's a what? Surprise. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mystery topic. Uh, not so much news, uh, you know, out there in the gamosphere. It's more, uh, more localized news that uh, I think some of our listeners would be interested in. Um, our very own John Christian uh, got a, got quite the feather in his cap uh, this past week. Um, he was awarded the Baldwin Games uh, DM of the Year. Oh my God, I, thought, I thought we were going to avoid this. I thought for sure I was like Zach's gonna wrap this up and I'm gonna be able to <laughs> I'm gonna be able to but dodge nope. this. Troy jumps on the grenade right before it blows up. Thanks, our friend buddy. Thomas our friend Thomas said on the stream last night, not uh <laughs> uh DM of the year, but uh you got the award for uh world's best DM. And I don't know that we could argue with that. Uh the uh <laughs> The statement, right, is that Bald Man is the biggest AL uh, uh, company in in the world, mm-hmm. and uh, John sits atop it. So, well, right under Dave, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you can't really you uh, can't really top Dave. He's I mean well, he's taller than everybody. You know, he's yes, yeah, he's huge. That's that's true. But again, but, I feel more like a dwarf around Dave than anyone else in the world. Really, it's just I feel <laughs> minute. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I but just yeah. wanted wanted to give that shout out because uh, it's it's deserved. It was earned. Thanks, guys. And put uh, a lot of pressure know. on him to maintain into twenty twenty two. So no slacking. Yeah. Anything? There's only down from here, John. I'm about to say I'm so, resting on my laurels from from now on, players. That's right. That's right. <laughs> nope. No. Uh, <laughs> almost almost like Hugh Grant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon, in a few years, you want you want to. Play a game with John. Great, you'll you'll be playing uh, the Paddington, uh, the Paddington version of of D anD D with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, thanks, guys. I I appreciate that. I, this is the one of those moments where the guy that talks too much doesn't know what to say. So I appreciate you guys. Finally, and and, and I also don't appreciate it at all for you bringing this up on the podcast. But no, it's uh, it, it was it, it was it's it's a it is a big it's a big honor. It was really really cool. That, that it panned out and it was completely unexpected. He so. ugly cried. He ugly cried, ladies and gentlemen. I just went. Oh, just it, went he yeah. Ugly cried. In front of my kids, it was really embarrassing, and so. And and now, uh, <laughs> why we, is daddy crying, mommy? And that kind of that lets everybody else out there also know because of, because of John getting the DM of the year, that is the reason why we have not been live streaming because Zach has to re-engineer the boxes because John's mm. head will not fit in his mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. So I, I try. I've re- actually got a. Re- I'm re- trying to help. I've got a camera on order. That's like it. It does. It's like, a fish uh, eye lens. It's, it's a fish eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So we there's some tech. He he's caused some technical difficulties with with the the, the embiggened uh, cranium. Yeah. So and we'll I also got to do the up. filigree around his. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah that's like the the gold stars and filigree that circle his portrait now. Luckily, I've faded. got I've got good friends that have kept me humble. <laughs> just just <laughs> if 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 I if I weren't humble already, I, I, yeah, I, I knew I could count on my my closest comrades and confidants to make sure that I I didn't uh, and I knew my place. <laughs> You're not that big a deal, man. 
<laughs> oh man, but no man, that that was pretty that was pretty awesome. We were all sitting there together uh watching it. Of course, John wasn't with us cuz he was with his family. His other I was with his my other family. family. I was. Yeah, my my family, they I they found out about it like last second. I was just going to try to like go under the radar with all of it and just watch it on my phone, have my earbuds in, and be like, "Ooh." And uh, because I didn't know who it was going to end up being, I knew that the level four stuff was coming up, and I thought that was going to be it. And uh, then I told my, my told my wife about it, so she made me put it up on Twitch, on the TV, surround sound, the whole thing. And of course, yeah, they were really cool. They they handled it really well. Big cheers from the whole fam. So it was cool. I've been, they've actually referred to me as Father DM of the Year for the last like two days. It's really really obnoxious. <laughs> it's really obnoxious. <laughs> Father Dottie. It's almost as bad as whenever they yeah, heard, the whenever the, like my wife listened to the, like the first couple of podcasts and, and I was referred to by Zach as a, the, like the DM darling or the darling of like winter fantasy or something like that from 2020. And she goes, Oh, DM darling, would you like me to go and make you lunch? Or <laughs> <laughs> oh, the darling DM is coming down from his perch. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I'll have to remember to say that more frequently. No, no, God. I didn't, now we know what to put across the, yeah. we know what to, what to put across the shoulders on his new My shirt. sash. Yeah, on his, on his sash, darling sash. DM. Yeah. In his little tiara. Yeah. That's really close to Dwarven DM. I think we could, uh, yeah. yeah you, you I'm going to check to make sure to, to see if that's, yeah. if that's available. <laughs> DarlingDM at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, we should dive into our main topic. That sound all right with you, Pellas? Yeah, th- let's do I this. So. All right, let's do it. All right. All right, so let's get down to it. Uh, the topic for today is uh, the adventure record, mm. player awards yep. in uh, Adventures League. Um, so this, if you are not an Adventures League player, you'll probably find some interesting bits or, to this. Or let's just call it organized play in general, because I'm sure yeah, yeah, this yeah. probably uh, Absolutely. goes along with other organized play campaigns as well. Definitely. For your homebrew hmm. game, though, like you can kind of more call the shots and bend this, these sorts of things to your individual party and their needs, wants, and desires. So... But hopefully, I think I think that there'll maybe be a few things in here that maybe you can t- get something to take away from. And I think mm-hmm. it's interesting one way or another. Um, so at the end of every Adventures League game, you, each player is given an adventure record that kind of has a brief summary of what they just did. It has like any like events that happened, little check boxes for them to mark those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it has like all the rewards that they got and they can check the boxes. Their DM goes through and says like, oh, you got the gold from so-and-so. You can check that box. And, oh, you got these magic items or you could choose from these magic items as your reward. You can check one of these boxes, right? Like that's that's the sheet we're talking about. And it's not for all Adventures League campaigns. It's uh, Eberron. It's for Moonshay. Um, it's for the ones that got their act together. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so this is for me. So then they don't have it for the season ten stuff. They do not, right? They do and then do they have it for the Red Wizard stuff? Uh, I've not had a whole lot of experience with Red Wizard stuff, other than um, I see some floating around, but I don't know if they're officially. Produced. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're official or not. That being said, yeah, like it. it even if you don't have an adventure record, there's always going to be player rewards at the appendix. Yep. of the mm-hmm. module, right? So yep. 
There might not be a sheet, but all the sheet is is a player-facing version of the thing you have at the back of every adventure, no yep, matter yep. if you're in Season 10 or Red Wizards or anything for, for at least the last few years. Yeah, I never thought about it, but I really do like them. Whenever I I, the first, when I first saw them in, in Moonshay, with the, yeah, out of the Moonshay stuff in particular. Yeah, Moonshay awesome. really does it, does it well, and so does Eberron. Yeah. And, you know, knowing knowing the uh, the genesis of the Eberron uh, AL campaign, I can understand, you know, how that got pulled from the Moonshays. You know, that, mm-hmm. that, that yeah, adventure record sheet was... Absolutely. So here's, so here's the thing that I think we can really discuss, though. So the adventure record means that uh, how it really affects things is that you hand it to your party at the either virtually or physically at the end of your session. And then the session transitions at the end to adventure. Now we're talking about rewards, this mm-hmm. sheet, these things. Mm-hmm. And so the discussion then becomes about the items on this sheet and what and you're comparing items or you're commenting on the magic items or you're talking about the gold or whatever, right? Um and I feel like uh, we've talked about this before, at least in private, but like sometimes that's a can of worms. Yes. That we're opening up. And so I think maybe we, sh- maybe it behooves us on the, uh, on our podcast, at least uh, to, to chat a little bit about our mindset about those record sheets, why we like them and how best a player or a DM can approach those sorts of metered out, measured rewards that the players don't have any real say in and that the DM doesn't really have any say in and that may seem consistent or lackluster or not essential or pointless well, any of these adjectives that we see mm-hmm. thrown up and how do we how do we work through those to make the rewards on that sheet as meaningful as possible well, right. the first thing that I'm going to throw out there is that I understand the frustration that players have with what's it is seeming a seeming lack of verisimilitude and uh, flavor by being handed a generic amount of gold at the end of a session instead of baubles, trinkets, and things that are either trophy items that they can hang on to. There, instead, it's here are your liquid assets. I mean, you can write this thing down over on the side if you want to say that that's what it is, but really that totem that you have on your character sheet is like 35 gold pieces is what it is. So I, I can see that frustration. Whenever this, When it first came out, we, they were doing the, the set gold value per session stuff, right? They're doing the same thing with like milestones and doing away with XP and things like that. There was a lot of frustration there. So I totally get that. As a DM... Oh God! It makes things so much easier. Yes. Like I don't have to track all that crap. I don't have to track everything that you killed and their XP value and how much gold they had on them. I don't have to roll stuff ahead of time. It's like this is it, and this is what they get, right? Yeah. And so, from a like a home game where you kind of have like this ongoing relationship with your players at every single table and every single turn, you can you might want to go the extra mile, and you may want to track those things, and they may be more important to you, but when you've kind of have like a single serving relationship with a lot of the, the players that you play really run games for, man, it really, really makes things a lot easier. Well, yeah. Uh, and, and, the, and running these things in a convention, in a convention space, uh, it's a, it's a turn and burn mindset. Mm. Anything you can do to make it faster to, to wrap up, you know, get your story told, get your, get, get the adventure ran, 
and then wrap everything up in a nice bow. Here's your rewards. Here's your experience. Blah blah blah. Now, now you have to leave the table because I got another table coming mm-hmm. hot on your heels. Um, it's a little bit different now with the with the online thing, but you know that is part of it. Um, and to There's me, also what... the sh- shared experience idea, right? Like that, like different DMs can't pitch this uh, a thing in a different way like the one dm can't say like oh there's no items of value in this temple of of the crawling queen it's just a bunch of gross insect stuff and the other dm Mm. can't be like oh no there's jade statues of beetles everywhere and you walk out of here with 2200 gold right like there's a set thing that means Mm. that you're not you're not you're you can trust that by and large the experience that you had with that dm from a reward perspective, would have been similar at any other table. Yeah. Well, and and then when you to, to Troy, to your point, you make a really good point when it comes to time. Is you've got four ish hours to run a session, and to the players, I, I ask this: What do you want? Do you really need that jade statue or the little extra baubles and stuff like that, or do you want more game that we can play to get to with one another? Mm-hmm. So it may end up being like 10, 15 minutes for a lot of the administrative stuff that comes with that kind of thing of counting up your XP, whatever thing you killed, and all that good stuff. Or do you want to be able to role play more, fight more stuff, dig deeper into the dungeon, find more stuff out about you know the MacGuffin of the story and things like that? Which is more important to you? I I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but I'd be willing to bet a dollar that people are going to be like, I just want to be able to spend more time at the table and, and play more stuff instead of having to sit there and wait for my DM to, to figure, figure a lot of this stuff out. Yeah. yeah. And what these adventure records are really are glorified certs. Yeah. Um, you know, back in the day when, when Adventures League and other organized play campaigns before it, but with Adventures League specifically, it came out when you got an item, you got a cert. And going right. forward, you had to have that cert, or yeah. you know, the the uh, item wasn't legit. And now the the adventure record sheet just has basically all the certs on it for everything you're getting, your experience, your gold, whatever items you might have. Yep. And you know, bang, zoom, done. You've got it for your for your log sheet. Uh, and I think Zach kind of alluded earlier to one of the downsides of that record sheet and that is it has everything that you could have possibly yeah found or received in this adventure and what happens when you know through no fault of their own or maybe through through the fault of their own (laughs) they didn't do the thing where they where they got the really really cool item so as a dm you're like okay you get to mark this you get to mark this you get to mark this but you can't mark the other one well this is the best item in the adventure. You you didn't go to you didn't tell us to go down the hallway. You know, that's where the hurt feelings. That's where the mm-hmm. that. Or even if it's not something from. if it's not something that they missed, it's something that they were able to bypass because they were clever, right, yeah. Zach? It's the it's the yeah. we're all on mm-hmm. flying carpets and we're invisible and we're going to bypass all of this crap that you had this yeah. gauntlet of things we were going to fight and yeah in one of the, in one tomb in all of that there was the super sword of awesome laserness but uh but they were able to bypass that should be something that's rewarded and it's good for them but it's it is what it is mm-hmm. i started my last weekend con right the first thing 
when I walked into my first virtual table, the party was talking about how their last DM, their last DM, and I don't know the name of the DM, uh, so so you're safe out there, um, but their last DM, the, the, the bad guy at the end of the mod had a magic item. And with one hit point left, he plane shifted the villain at the end ended the session and they did not get the magic item oh yep. yep and and the players were talking about how furious that made them because uh uh they're like you know he shouldn't have been able you know like like you know in their mind be, and I, I sympathize on both ends right like maybe that creature could plane shift right maybe it makes sense for the story or the whatever that said uh, on the player's side, if you're going to put it on the log sheet, then it should be possible for them to get it. And if yep. that creature is going to plane shift before it dies, don't put that freaking magic item on the log sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's then it shouldn't be possible. Or if it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's so another. I that's sh- a topic that we need to save too, right? Is the the uh, the bad guy getting away mm-hmm. kind of thing, oh, right? Yeah, At the end of sure. a session for for AL. I can't like to me. I don't know that I would ever be able to do that much to my players in a in a home game, a long term thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I want the bad guy to get away because he's going to piss them off later, and I want that right. Well, but mm-hmm. but it's yeah, a tease if it's good. at the AL table because they may may they may never encounter them again, right? Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting, right? Because because you have those rewards in some way, what you're doing is telling the players exactly what is possible in this game, right? And exactly what, what is rewarded. Um, mm-hmm. One of the, th- so what I found, and again, I ran tier three tables. So, um, you know, different experiences at different tiers, 100%. But the conversation at the end of every session, and a lot of times at the beginning was, here's the rewards, here's my thoughts on them from the past, right? Like I was running Eberron. So in the Eberron campaign, Every time, I think all my tables at some point discuss the fact that there has been opportunities for one magic item, magic weapon, in 16 modules. And it was a plus two or plus one halberd. Um, Other than that, you can't, there's been no, there's been no option to get a magic item. And so uh, I ran two tables uh, at level, at tier three that had zero magical weapons in their group and it's crazy you know, so to their to their to 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 pat them on the my players on the back for at least a moment they they weren't overly complaining about it or more so they were just commenting on the fact that it was really odd that they were still having to cast elemental weapon or magic weapon on their stuff just to bypass the resistances of these higher level um, yeah, to creatures. me, that sounds like a that is a administrative decision. That was a strategic oh. deci- decision to like, you know what? What's the point in having these spells out there for magic weapon, elemental weapon, and all this other stuff that it casts all this stuff? What's the point if when they hit level four or five, they never have to worry about it again because they'll just slash it with their sword, and their sword is yeah. magical or well, mace, right? Okay, speaking to me, speaking specifically to Eberron, it fits. Because and we and we kind of discussed this a little bit before we started recording. Eberron is wide magic. It's not. It's not high magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wide magic meaning, hey, I have a flash, a magic powered flashlight, or 
you know, I have a a box in my home that keeps food cold. You know, things like that. It's it's everyday magic. It's yeah, it's everyday mm-hmm. magic replacement stuff. Um, magic weapons are hard to find, but you also have a class of character, its own character class called the artificer, whose sole job is to mm-hmm. make shit, mm-hmm. make stuff magical. Mm-hmm. So one of their things that they can do as an, as an infusion is boom, you have a magic weapon. Boom. You have a magic weapon. You know, they're Oprah Winfrey all of a sudden of the Mornland. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, and yep. when you have, when you're giving away plus one, plus three, whatever magic weapons, every other module, what's, what's the artificer supposed to do? What's, what's his job now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it does uh, not having not having magic weapons in that campaign makes sense to me. It might not be the answer the players want to hear, but there's other well, cool and you stuff. Talk about, yeah, you talk about really the idea. And we I think we've touched on this before, but like D and D is designed and balanced around no magic on the character yeah. sheet, right? Mm-hmm. Which I would disagree with that as a concept. I don't like that as a concept because at the end of the day, the D and is about killing shit and you know, and taking stuff from it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea that we say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's pretend when, when we build the mechanics and the balance, let's pretend like they don't take anything to me is a, is a, is an oversight, well, I, but well, it's almost, is it an oversight or is it an overcorrection? Cause four E was the, it, it was the pendulum upon. was way swing, you had to swingy have magic and stuff in for you. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I like the design idea of not having to, ha- you don't have to have magic items because you have bounded accuracy. Yeah. So with, with the normal type foes that you can, that you can fight that might not have access to magic or magic mm-hmm. weapons. That's awesome. So when you start adding magic weapons into the mix for the characters that don't need magic weapons. Now you can bring in the beefier monsters mm-hmm. because you yeah. don't need the magic for the, for the run of the mill stuff. Yeah. It, it's just tricky. Right. I, but I think that when it we look tricky. at the rewards, you know, players complain or comment about the lackluster magic in the reward section. And some of that is, you know, and especially in Moonshay where they kind of are, their hands are tied with what they can offer as a reward. But that being said, it's also leaking into the seasonal stuff. Um, what I would say though, is that probably what you're seeing player, uh, is what at design as intended. Mm-hmm. Whereas most of us experience our home game, which is, I like you, we're friends, and so I know that you really want this awesome axe, so I'm going to, you know, put the the carrot out there and let mm-hmm. you go get yeah. it. Well, uh, and that's, and that again, I know it's easy to deviate off the topic, right? Because then you talk, then now you start to talk about things like, uh, well, how did that Matic of the Titans end up in, in just the right place at the right time for this character that can only use this item hmm, or this this uh yeah. this uh dwarven thrower or yeah this kind of like of all the armors in on all of the universe that could have shown up here it was breastplate and that's the only one we didn't have collected yet for mithril or whatever so yeah. that kind of stuff where you have to kind of like tailor it mm-hmm. to what what I they uh, instead of 
Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, uh, in at the end of it, there's a spear that you can find at a point. And my player had commented at the beginning, he's like, "Well, I'm a fighter and I use a halberd. There probably will never be a halberd in this mod, so I'm mm-hmm. so, but I'm gonna stick with this." And so I knew that there was a spear towards the end. I'm like, "Well, I can tweak that and make it a halberd." They didn't find it, <laughs> so that was <laughs> that, that. So was that? They but, didn't find uh, it, so screw you. But it was there. All um, that worked for nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you tweak it, and you can't do that in in the al stuff as well, right, right? right and you don't know right like i don't necessarily know after playing with you for four hours that you're using a a, a, a war hammer that you got when you bought your initial equipment and you've never been able to find anything that you felt like was a good replacement for it that fits your dwarven character right it's all mm-hmm. been short swords or blah 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 and mm-hmm. you're like oh, i want to i want a freaking axe or a hammer and yeah i don't exactly. know I, yeah yeah so. yeah well, I mean, so then is the other end of that, the the other part of the topic, right, is maybe it's, is it gold, right? Yep. The, the the gold aspect of this, we've we kind of like, we've broached magical items and some mm-hmm. of the pluses and minuses there, pun totally intended. Uh, but then there's also the gold aspect, like, what do you do with your gold? The yeah. wizards are going to use it for their spell books. You're going to use it for material components for casting spells and things like that. So the mages, the wizards, that totally makes sense what they're going to use it for. Uh, you're going to buy plate mail more than likely if you're a fighter type. You yeah, know? But what else are you using it for? Level, you're going to have that super early on almost certainly because mm-hmm. there's going to be some enemy somewhere that that drops it or whatever, yeah. right? Gosh, yeah. Gold is so hard. I had a player comment, multiple players comment this weekend. At tier oh, three, really? imagine how much gold is that they're, they've amassed if they're not a wizard by tier three. Imagine how much gold a fighter carries around. You could do mm-hmm. the math, and I, I promise you it's in the tens of thousands, right, um, at that point. And they're like, hey, what can I use with this? I'm like, well, you can buy a lot of potions of healing. <laughs> like, <Yeah. you> know, <laughs> you can buy a lot of them. Um, anything well, then it feels video gamey. Doesn't yeah, it feel yes. video gamey at that point, where it's like, oh, well, okay, this is my thing that I'm supposed to have as as potions, so that's why I'm spending I had, money I on. had a character that was just laden with superior healing potions and was yep. just popping corks because it didn't matter because that's what they, you know, they had they were buying in every at the beginning of every module because they knew. And so I, I don't know how many hit points I took away from them in that mod, but I guarantee you they healed with healing potions over 200 hit points in a fight, Holy a cow. single fight. Um, and they're like, doesn't matter. It, these are this is what they're good for, right? Like, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So, and and so I have, well, this, that's that's essentially all the gold is good for for them, right? So well, that, I, I think one of the things that I do miss, or actually, you know what? Go ahead, Troy. Well, uh, speaking of the gold, you know when. Going, you know, since we're, we've couched this in Adventurers League, when and when it first began, uh, gold was you know per module. You know, it, it was different amounts that you could find. Some modules, uh, oh, I went through this whole thing and all I found was you know twenty gold pieces. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Or you go into another module, oh, I found a thousand gold pieces. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. You had to you know mark it on your on your log sheet to make it legit. Wizard characters were, or players were going out having goals set of, I'm going to scribe every spell book in the game with this mm-hmm. character. That was my goal. That's what I'm going to spend my gold on. And then you come to now with the capped gold, where it's a specific set amount per module, no deviation per tier. 
And I kind of feel like, you know, speaking of pendulums swinging clear to the other side, that is what happened. You had people that had so much gold. I remember being at an event at Origins, and I believe it was uh, the... Uh, the Tomb of Annihilation open had a whole table die for whatever reason. A single player from clear across the hall stood up and said, I'll pay for all your resurrections. That's 50,000 gold a pop. Mm-hmm. But he had all this gold because he didn't have anything to spend it on. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when you, when you go from that to, Oh, we're only going to give you a, a a pittance of gold per module now. Why? If if my character, if this character is themed around, I go adventuring because I'm I am a sellsword. Period. Point blank. All I want is the money. Why can't I have more money? Mm-hmm. What What's the point of this? Um. So I think the answer to the question is you need. You know, if, if, if the wizards are going out to buy spells and, and spell components to scribe in their book, why not get rid of a lot of the magic items that they find, go and buy the enchantments for your arm armor and, and weapons? Mm-hmm. 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 That gives you a new economy. And, you know, you have to mark it on your log sheet and everything else, but at least that's something that's a money sink for fighters and it's a money sink for wizards. Yeah. I, Cause I, I had a player, uh, two players uh, this weekend that are like, okay, I need a magic weapon. How can I get a magic weapon? I have thousands of gold pieces. Is there any mm-hmm. way for me to buy a magic weapon? I'm like, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you're kind of, I mean, I know that you are a hero of the realm, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know that you are the go-to person for, you know, an Eberron for the Brelish military when they need, you're, you know, you're the, um, you're the, or the expendables or, you know, you're the whatever, right? Like you're the, you're seal team six, you're seal team six, but you can't get a weapon, um, a magic weapon to save your life. Right. Like Mm -hmm. period. There's not a single one that the Brelish troops are willing to sell to you. There's not a single one in all of them or hold that the dwarves after you've done everything for them are willing to sell. Like, Nothing. Um, well, hang on a second. A hard... The dwarves are being dwarves at that point. I think okay, they're hoarding the, the axes and hammers for themselves. Okay, and I fair enough. Think that's fair the enough. that's the right thing for them to do. So fair enough. Um, yeah, it's and 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 you know, I know that that's not the traditional. I know that there's like evergreen items and things some, that sometimes you can pick up, but uh, as as far as I can understand from the Eberron, there's not that. Um, so that makes it even harder, right? It's like. There's no way for you to get this uh, that I could see. Uh, well, and I, I think that maybe, you know, I would love for somebody to tell me that I'm wrong and that there's a way to do it. Uh, I'll tell you that, well, this that's one thing. What I was going to talk about just a minute ago uh, was um, Fychan's Fair. I miss mm-hmm. Fychan's personally. And that was one mm-hmm. of the things that a lot of players really looked forward to when they would, when they go, would go to events like Gen Con Origins, etc., is that have that atmosphere of the uh, kind of like the um, let's make a deal kind of uh, kind of vibe at the tables to where they could and it wasn't even just that's the other thing too it doesn't have to be some game breaking magical item 
that is like a this the staff of the magi or a vorpal blade or something like that that they pick up from Fai Chen's. A lot of the stuff that people really liked picking up were just the trinkety items, the like ever full mug or a, a mm-hmm. tobacco or a, a terrasim or a, or a um, like goats, cats, pets, things like that. People loved that that stuff, and they you could pretty much charge them whatever you wanted to if you're really trying to to uh, if you're trying to drain the economy of excess gold. <laughs> people are willing to to drop coin on that, so that's one of the things I do miss uh, a lot. As a, even as a DM, seeing some of the stuff that would come up, I'd rather see uh, a tresim or a goat that faints uh, whenever goblins show up over half of the crap that shows up at my table from extra life events. Oh, uh, that's yeah, that'd a whole be great. Other topic <laughs> to, to discuss. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Pay to play. Not, not that extra, not <laughs> pay to extra life is not an awesome charity. Oh yeah, those things, yeah, are troublesome. They are troublesome at the table sometimes. They're a little problematic. A little yes. problematic, yeah, a little bit. There's also no, uh, there's also no um, downtime or um, renown in Eberron, which makes it even harder, mm. right? Because like, oh, because I, I had a player say, "Well, I could." Um, I could use downtime to advance this whatever, or like I could work on that during that. And like, yeah, there's no downtime in Eberron. Sorry, um, mm-hmm. you just whatever, whatever your next mod is, that's the next thing for you. So, just uh, just settle in. Um, mm-hmm. We we we've maybe just worked all our way around this. I think that though, my hope and maybe, oh gosh, I feel like we talked about this before, uh, but maybe. I think if I'm gonna if I'm gonna have a complaint about Adventures League, it's going to be the gold issue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have a great answer for your fighter with a ton of gold right now that that works and that isn't just you spending gold on flavor that doesn't do anything and isn't real, right? Because anyone can mm-hmm. say, "Well, I spent two thousand gold and I bought a house in Sharn." You could say that that doesn't make it real and that doesn't give you any benefit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's probably the best you could offer a lot of folks at this point, right? Or or be the person who is like, oh, we have a wizard in our party. Here's 2,000 gold. Go buy everything. And you be the generous benefactor yeah. for, for the but can other you? players. Can you actually – you can't tra- mm-hmm. you can't trade gold to people, can you? Or give no, people but gold? No, you can buy um, – you can buy – scrolls and things, consumables, and you can give people consumables. Mm-hmm. While you're at their table, right? Well, you're That's still at the table right. together, right? Yeah, I, I yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you say, "Oh, you're a wizard. Let me, I, I'll pick up your tab today, right?" And you're like, yeah. two thousand. What spells do you not have? Let's let's get you taken care of, right? Mm. Let's let's get this done. Um, I I don't know of a better way to do that, or just buy a bunch of consumable potions, right? Like that's the quick answer for this season. How we're mm. in the time we're in right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, in in talking about Fight Chen, it was that was all. There was also some inherent problems with sure. Fight Chen's as well. Um, sure. And but I do I I do miss that. I thought it, I thought it was fun, but it kind of became um a, an issue at times because people were more focused on getting items from the game to trade at Fai Chen's mm. than being fair to the people that they just went on an adventure with. I saw it time and again where 
you know, a a player was in an adventure just to farm the magic item or have the chance to farm the magic item, regardless of what everybody else. You know, here's a, here's someone that has doesn't have a magic item yet, and you've you've created this character to not have magic items just to you know to snag this out from underneath somebody's nose who could have actually used it. Mm-hmm. And now five chain really isn't needed because the way the rules work, you find a magic item; it's available to everybody. Mm. Everybody can have an instant right. of that. Magic well, and that's I think that's what I was getting at too. Is like there they need to be more nebulous, non mechanical mm-hmm. benefits. What what I wouldn't want to be there is like some Pegasus that gives you a flight speed of sixty and blah 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 blah. But lands, titles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nifty little side things that are just flavorful for your character, pets and things like well, that. I'm- learn from like the video. Well, I say video game, but it's all over in games. Learn from other games where there's always this idea of buying down, right? Trading down. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have a very rare breastplate. I don't need it. Mm-hmm. I do need this rare weapon. And Fai Chen has a rare weapon. I I am willing to trade down my reward to get something that's more useful to me. In the long run, I worked harder for that very rare than I would have had to work for a rare. But but I, I one is more important to me. And that trading down should mean that if it's if it's organized correctly, right? And Xanathar has already done a good job of that with their tables, right? Uh, with the minor and major and all that. If you use that, you can say like. You got to be this level higher. This this the certain level trades down to this, mm-hmm. so that you don't just get to get exactly what you want across the board and say, "Oh yeah, I got this breastplate from this thing." But what I really wanted was plate mail, so I'll just go swap it real quick. Nope, mm-hmm. you gotta you you can trade down and get your plate mail, but you can't trade across. You know, something like that could be really useful mm-hmm. and keep it balanced within the spirit of not letting characters, you know, be very meta particular. And 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 max out everything yeah. all the way through. I, well, and uh, to Troy's point though, I don't know. I'm not sure how that would fix the the players that are tr- gaming the system, so to speak, by at the expense of the other players. Right. It already works though, because all the magic items that are non consumables are are everybody free gets to everyone. Everyone gets them. Yeah. So yeah, you you have a monk character. It's like, oh look, I just got you know breastplate p- plus ten. Uh, that's uh, I'm not going to use it. So, so now you you've given a reward that's a very 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 valuable reward for any character. But it, I mean, it, it, in 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 a real world situation, that would be oh my gosh, I can I can do so much with this. Or in a home game situation, I can do so much with this, even though I'm a monk. But in in an organized play situation, it's like. Well, crap! Now, now I, now I basically just have a worthless hunk of metal that I can't do anything with. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know how many rewards were basically turned down during our during this last weekend because they're like, nah, it, I, 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 I don't have a use for that, and and it's worthless to me. So thanks, mm-hmm. but no thanks. I'm just gonna take the gold or take the the flavor thing. Right? There's an mm-hmm. Allosaurus mount in one of the adventures, and they're like, everybody loved the Allosaurus mount because its flavor mm-hmm. doesn't take an attunement slot. <laughs> And everybody can use it, right? Like, yep. yeah. well, it's like, uh, you know, taking note from uh, Critical Role, mm-hmm. or even some of the MMOs. Hey, I have this magic item. I don't need it. 
I'm going to take it to this uh, alchemist and turn it into residuum or mm-hmm. magicum or whatever kind of um. <laughs> and now I have, you know, I have, you know, 500 residuum points. Mm-hmm. And it takes, you know, 10,000 residuum points for me to get the, uh, the, the bracers of, of punching that my monk wants. Hmm. And now you've got something that you're going to build towards. You've got another currency that you can now work with. You know, it's going to, I've got to, I've got to hand over the residuum to the creator and I've got to pay for all the components. So that's this much gold. That's, but that's, that's 4E. Directly out of 4E, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Residuum or something like that, right? I I think a lot of people complained (laughs) about it because it felt very, again, very MMO-ish. Like World of Warcraft, where oh, you're disenchanting. There's no, there is no perfect solution mm-hmm. for for organized play rewards. It's yeah. there's always going to be something that doesn't sit right. There's always going to be a part of it that just doesn't feel fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the only way you get that is when you have a home campaign with a, a DM that you trust and players that you you meet with every on a regular basis and can build the rewards to the group. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, fellas, is there anything else that we should uh, cover as far as these adventure records and our thoughts on them? I uh, do really like, I like, 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 I love they're them. great. And, and yeah, I, do like, I like, I like all the, the benefits outweigh the negatives almost every time. I think the next evolution of this, especially as we do virtual weekends more and more, is that we get to have little drop downs on the virtual rewards, mm. and we just show the rewards that they got, yeah. and not uh, the ones that they didn't. Right? Yeah. Um, right. Because well, that's uh, that's how I do it anyway. I break yeah. out the sheet mm. and put it in in its own separate handout. Yeah. So, that way they yeah. never have to see what they what they missed. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, yeah, the only thing that would uh, you, you have to do it play your cards right with it just because you want to make sure they get all of the goodie from the sheet because mm-hmm. to your point the adding in the here's what happened and here's what you did, here's some of the non item based rewards or story titles or something like that that you get too. You want to make sure they get all that stuff, but yeah, breaking it out's really the oh. only thing you can really do. So there's a reward. Okay, I, I I'm gonna give us a little story here because uh, I think you'll you guys will enjoy this. There's a reward from this that gives you. Uh, oh my goodness, you might have to cut some of this, Troy, because I'm gonna pull it up. Oh great, we're gonna we're gonna spoiler alert spoiler alert everybody. <laughs> there there may be a dead spot in the uh, in the podcast as you're listening because that we're uh, filling that we're filling with with the uh, content right now so that we don't have to. Excellent. Yes, Zach, Zach is going to be dropping some <laughs> stretching it out. Stretching. So I got this. Gonna... I got this. Um, so in this adventure, well, 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 scroll down here. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to be held liable for something doing it. Hmm. I think so too. Yeah. 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 Don't tell anybody, Girk. You eat it, Lucy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, oh my goodness. By the way, Girk and Ulysses, they need to go out and get us some more, some more groupies, man. 
Oh, yeah. They can't, they can't have us all to themselves. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty to go around. <laughs> there's plenty to go around. Let's be fair. <laughs> okay, here we go. Finally. I apologize. I apologize mainly to Troy. Um, and, and th- this is proof right here. Uh, we are not a scripted show. That's right. So, okay, so there is a legacy event. I'll be careful here. Um, you get, if you if you obtain it, immunity, immunity to a certain type of fear and a resistance to a certain type of uh, damage permanently. Oh, wow. Right? That's a legacy event. That's not a weapon. It's not an item. It's simply you hit this story beat, you get that. All right? And when that when that hit the sheet, both tables are like, "Excuse me, <laughs> where was that?" And I'm like, "Well, you have to literally fail a check, and then I roll on a random table. But if you fail the check and I roll on a random table, or if I fail the check and in certain cases certain backgrounds get it automatically, but you then have an opportunity." Right, a story beat manifests, and if you do the thing that no player should willingly do unless I coerce you to do it, you get the thing. Then you get the mm. thing. Wow. But in all other trails, nope. Okay, so how do we feel about that? Do you like that design? Do you like the fact that oh, you have to go down this very certain specific path? that actually has some random elements to it. I don't mind it as long as they don't see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if I'm handing well, them a well, They may not see it, but they may end it. up... It, they may talk to a buddy of theirs at another table. How did you get that? Right, yeah. 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 But, but my, my point is, that's such... you know, if, if you're going to put rewards in the game, put rewards in the game. Don't make it such a weird random path to actually get it mm. you know mm. the the random you know rolling on a chart for this that and the other thing to see if this thing will actually pop up to me is not fair if it's a weird thing that you know hey if they fail and they do this and they and they a, a door opens up and they get dumped into the into the pit and then they roll on a chart and this chart and that chart and then and then the cool thing is down there yeah no if they do the thing and they get dumped in the pit it's down there. Don't don't make yeah. it a random thing, especially for something that crazy. Well, and, yeah, like like there's plenty of there's plenty of legacy events that not every player is going to get because of choices, right? Like right. Mm-hmm. there's another one and another thing where if you do the tavern tales, you get a you get a legacy event, right? Like that's cool, right? And if you chose to not do the tavern to take part in that, you, made you don't get it, right? And you don't know that at the beginning that there's a there's a, an event coming up, but you understood that you made that choice and you yeah. live with those consequences. This is this. You don't have any, you don't have anything to do with it. Um, and I, I mean, like someone with my second table, I, I made the dice roll a certain way, right? Just so the event triggered still for two people, one of them would not take it. The other person basically realized that there was an opportunity here for something interesting and took it just to see what it was. And they're like, then we, then we get to the end and they're like, what? <laughs> this is right. amazing. And it's like, yep. 
And, okay, so the the person that refused to take it, how do they feel about it? I think that that's a little bit different, right? Like they they didn't quite understand. I think that that was the con the conversation that was had is like this this feels weird to me that this is the reward for what happened, but I understand maybe there's something that I don't know. Like I think that was kind of the statement was well maybe there's something I don't know that explains this, but at its core face I don't know how having this encounter gets you this, but you know. Such as life. So anyhow, that so so that's kind of the the other side of these adventure records is legacy events. Typically, I think they're an amazing addition. And this one instance, I thought uh, recently, uh, that's not a good way to do it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that's the one thing about the the uh, the reward record sheet thing. That is a downside. Like like you said at the beginning, you have all the all the possibilities are there. Whether they mm-hmm. found them or not, all the possibilities are there, and now it's like it's like poking the bear. Yeah. Um, so just that kind of brings up a question that I was going to maybe use as a topic at some point. I don't know how if it would even fill out an entire episode, but I'm going to ask you guys: after you go through an adventure, whether it's a module or you go through a dungeon in a hardback book or, or whatever, and they're done, they've completed the area. They have no reason to go back to it. Do you tell your group? Well, you know, if you'd have went left instead of right at that one hallway, you would have encountered this, this, and this, and the treasure was this. Do you tell Sometimes. them that, or do you just leave it, leave it go? Sometimes yeah, I do. I, yeah. yeah, I don't. <clears throat> I don't because it's like, what what good is it going to do for them to know? that they missed something. They're like, oh, crap. So the next time that they play something, it may end up dragging out the next session because they're having, to, they're turning over every single stone. They're checking every, the, the cracks of every single door to make sure that they get everything, and then it just drags everything out. Yeah, I hear that. But there's also, like, I think if you balance it, it works out as a net wash in that, right? right? Because if you say, oh, look, over here, reveal map, there was a bullet hive right and (laughs) you missed having this nasty encounter with bullets because you chose to go this way right or whatever right like as long as you have that counterbalance of like you avoided this nasty shit you also missed this magic item Mm -hmm. i find that players what it and maybe selfish of me but i want them to see the world around them because in the end of the day we're playing the game and if I if I can pull back the curtain and say, look, it wasn't a singular trail. There was all of this that you could have experienced, and you picked this thread. Isn't that interesting? I think that that to me, is, at least on my tables, and, and I've, I've found that at times that can be a really good thing that sparks a lot of conversation. It'll be the next session, they'll come back and they'll be like, oh, you missed last time. We finished this up and Zach showed us the map of what we almost hit. And man, we mm-hmm. could have died, right? Like, um, so that's at the end of the day, I see it more as a game and less as a story, I guess. And so I, I like, you know, oh, you missed this expansion. This is what's in this other expansion that you can play through next time or whatever, right? Like, yeah. Okay. Well, fellas, uh, it, this is uh, this has been a good episode, a good topic. Uh, gotten to some Adventures League talk, uh, which is always fun. Um, I don't know what we'll do next time. I know, Troy, you're lining up uh, us to have another guest and have a very interesting, probably uh, 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 hackles-raising 
discussion on some folks uh, in the near future. So I, I think so. Oh, that's a good that. tease. Mm-hmm. That's a good tease. That's right. Well, we'll look forward to that. And uh, we also have a very interesting guest that you also have made contact with and to another tease uh, from a very renowned um, program. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be, uh, excited to, uh, showcase that in the very near future as well. Uh, but for now, uh, dear listeners, you got to listen to, uh, just we three yahoos BS through another episode. Yeah. Uh, really appreciate Wee. you hanging in there. It's like, we get through it. It's like, did we talk about stuff? <laughs> <laughs> we talked about stuff. We did talked we about, talk about anything stuff. important. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you didn't get enough of us talking about stuff, I would encourage you to head over to our Facebook page and Twitter and all that where you can uh, uh, catch some opportunities to play some games with us, see what stuff we might write and, and put our names in, and uh, in general, just uh, hear more of like uh, like more shenanigans. Topics. Yeah, more shenanigans. Um Thanks for sticking around another week. Thanks to uh, John and Troy for uh, yet another episode in the can. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Have a good game, everybody. Be safe. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) I I was sitting there thinking to myself, I'm almost out. I'm almost out. It's almost over. Zach was wrapping it up. I was like, I got one more thing. I was like, uh-oh. Yep, I sent him a message right before we, we got started. I'm like, hey, I got a plan to talk about uh, the end oh. of the year. Oh, my okay. mouth is dry. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>